Welcome to The Build Show, the only show that comes straight from the horse's mouth. I'm Anthony. And I'm Zach. Please do explain the sentence you just uttered. Well, <laughs> did you realize I'm your very pun? I'm confused. Did you realize your pun? No, you said, what did I say? You said, <laughs> um, please explain the sentence you just uttered. And it's like an utter on a cow when you're talking about farm animals, the horse. That, that's a bit of a stretch. Don't get me wrong. But that's a cow. We were talking about horses. Why? What is? They're both I'm farm still confused. Animals, Explain. So Explain. basically, the, you know the saying where it's like, well, it comes straight from the horse's mouth. Like I think it like, came straight from like the boss or something. No. You haven't heard I that? I did not know that saying. No. <laughs> well, Zach, you learn something new every day. Is that a saying? Is that is that legitimately like something people say? It, it is. Let, let, me, let me look it up here on the internet. Here, let me look it up and what you guys listen mean? to the theme music. What is Anthony, <laughs> what is Anthony Googling sound like? <laughs> I theme thought, music. I thought we would just stop it at, hey, listen to theme music while I look it up. And now they can listen to it. Welcome, welcome everyone. And as uniquely today, we're actually going to begin with me explaining what my saying meant, uh, and then we'll go. Because it the makes prayer. no sense. It makes perfect sense. It uh, so here, getting it from poemanalysis.com, uh, it says straight from the horse's mouth is an English idiom that's used to describe getting information from a first-hand source. So technically, I lied because we're not really a first-hand source. Technically, God is, but but we're getting it from a first-hand source. So we're so like we're getting it. Maybe. Right. Oh, what, so, I mean, it depends oh, on how we research. Oh, oh, so there's, so then technically the saying should be straight from the horse's baby's mouth because it's like a secondhand source. Like they're getting it from us? Yeah, because we get it from oh. God and then, and then, then, then we give it to them. So we're like the horse's baby. Okay. Yeah. I'm still not a hundred percent on board with that saying, but yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll take it and run. I think it makes uh, sense. Let's try to redeem the segment with a prayer, shall we? Okay. <laughs> In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Good and gracious God, thank you as always for the gift of today and the gift of our lives. Thank you for all the blessings you've given us. We thank you for supplying all of our needs and all of our wants. For giving us clean water and abundant food. Thank you for shelter and for electricity. We pray for all those who will go without today, for all those who have a need. We ask you to supply that need. And may we be the channel of your mercy to others, to those we encounter today and every day of our lives. Please give us your heart so that we might see you in them and love them as though we were loving you. Mother Mary, we ask you to intercede for us as always as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Mother Teresa, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Excellent. Guys, we're, um, we're kind of hungry today, so we're talking about food. I know. I was, I was, um, I told Zach <laughs> before we recorded this, I was like, I need to eat some breakfast, and then didn't end up actually eating any breakfast, and then, um, yeah, I'm now eating it now. Yes, this is true. And I didn't even eat breakfast. I just had coffee. 
So, so we're a little bit hungry. How exactly does coffee replace breakfast? I'm not sure, but again, I was telling you about this beforehand. Like, coffee is actually, like, it's a very Catholic beverage. It was blessed by Pope Clement VIII, who said, let me see if I can find the quote. It was so funny. Um, real quick. Let's, oh, here we go. Pope who blessed coffee. Pope Clement VIII, and I quote, Why, this Satan's drink is so delicious that it would be a pity to let the infidels have exclusive use of it. So he blessed coffee beans, and there we go. Now it's official. It's a Catholic beverage. So this basically, was in 1600. So basically he kind of like did the smackdown on him and said, hey, since, you know, like I'm going to bless this, so now, you know, you, the evil people can't drink it? Well, no, it's just like, haha, we're going to claim the evil beverage that everyone is drinking anyway and just make it Catholic so it's okay to drink because everyone loves oh. it. <laughs> so it's like a smackdown. It's like, I see, I see, that makes sense. So, it's, yeah, I, it's basically him, you know, breaking out some, um, you know, some. I, I feel like a snarky Pope move is what it, yeah, uh, pretty what much. it sounds like to me. Because he's like, hey, yeah. you know what people don't like or people are saying it's bad to drink this? Hey, we're going to smack down and say, you know what? It's blessed now. So now it's good. Boom. Ha, ha, ha. In your Question. Okay. Was he speaking ex yes. cathedra? I do not know, actually. Could you, would you want to explain to the people what ex cathedra means? Uh, so I got a call from somebody, and I did not hear what you just said. <laughs> oh. Do you want to explain what ex cathedra means? <laughs> yes, I would love to hear it, like, to explain it. So, Real briefly, uh, and then we'll jump into Andy Mustard. Absolutely. So ex cathedra basically is uh, from the chair of Peter. And it's when the Pope is speaking infallibly. So everyone thinks like the Pope is always infallible. That is false. The Pope can be fallible, except when he is speaking ex cathedra from the chair of Peter. And that is when he is speaking infallibly. I believe the last time that happened was when the um, Immaculate Conception was, was um, made a doctrine, I believe. I do not remember which Pope that was, though. Zach would know. Uh, I believe so. I believe that's the case. Sorry, now I'm looking it up if he was speaking ex cathedra because now I want to know. I don't think he was. Uh, I, I, I was making a joke. <laughs> I, was, I, don't, I don't think uh, that popes speak ex cathedra about coffee. <laughs> because like, it's, it's used oh, in like man. special circumstances. Was he actually? Yeah. No, he was speaking ex Oh No, oh. no, 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 no. I was, I was falling down the rabbit hole. Sorry. You scared Here, the while we're on the top, let's see. Uh, huh. Interesting. It looks like not many popes have spoken ex cathedra. I will need to do some more research on that. Yeah, it's not which a makes common sense. Thing. Like, if it's infallible, it shouldn't be common. Yeah, like there should not be infallible doctrine being laid out in front of us every other day. Yeah. <laughs> so it makes sense that it's only happened like a few times. Okay. Right. Cool. Cool. Uh, anti mustard. What you got for us? Yeah. So. This was actually quite interesting. I came home from Flagstaff because I don't know if you guys know, I visited Zach and Flagstaff and we ended up not recording. Um, yeah, we, we played some Frisbee golf and it was a blast. But I come home and uh, my roommates, it looked like a party had just happened. There was food all over the place and there was like streamers. And literally like on our front doormat, there was like confetti everywhere. And I was like, oh boy, what am I going to walk into here? Because um, I don't know if there was like people still at the house. I was like, great. And so I walk in and it's just my two two roommates sitting on the couch and I was like hey guys like how we doing and they're like like we're doing great like we, we, we just had a party and I was like nice and they were drinking um so okay backstory my roommates they have been trying desperately to get me to like alcohol and because <laughs> they are no they are big drinkers 
and they, they like they like beer, they like wine, they like like all those types of stuff. And I've tried beer, I have tried tequila, I have tried wine, and I have tried a couple other things, all disgusting, terrible. Um, I, I don't know why people... And of course, like you are of age, so it's okay. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but actually, I think there's something like if you're drinking with people who are of age, like if they give it to you, it's fine. Like, I just can't buy it. Like, it's... Well, I mean, I obviously can't drink it. Okay. Either, but like, Anyways, I can't, as you were. I'm not allowed to drink it, but it's with... I don't know. It's in my own private home. Um, okay. Yeah. And so it's all been disgusting. Like beer, let me tell you, tastes like stale um, carbonated bread. It's horrible. Um, yeah, I know. Who would want to drink that? And okay. so they, they're like, hey, we're drinking gin and tonic. You should try it. And I was like, okay. I'm like, it's probably going to be disgusting. And so I'm like, why can't I just try the gin? And they're like, no, you have to where, try the whole. Where is your, like, moral integrity here? You are not of age. Don't go accepting alcoholic beverages. What are you doing? Okay, to give you a reference, I drank about, like, a half ounce, if that, like, barely okay. any. Because I'm so terrified of, of getting, you know, Dill. buzzed okay. or anything. We'll discuss this later. What? Okay, you didn't continue know that with I, your story. You didn't know that I had drinking? So, I, I don't drink. Thank you very much, Grammar Police. Drink. Oh, no, no. We looked this up last time. I believe it's both. Drinked? I said drinking. No, no, no. Oh, no, wait. <laughs> drinking. Not. Oh, no. I think it was There's drinking. No way that's it. I think I said drinking. Um, you did. Yeah, drinking. Let, me, let drink. me see if that's. Drink is the past tense of drink. <laughs> let, me, let me check. It's not drinking. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs> I've always said drinking. It's not drinking. No, it's not. The word drink can be defined as... Uh, why won't you give me a past tense of it? Oh, man. Drink. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh, no. It looks like... Oh, man. Yeah, you're right. It's drink. Okay. Okay. So, Darn number it. one, you need to work on not accepting <laughs> alcohol, and you also need to work on your grammar. Continue with your story, please. That wasn't gra- I don't think it's grammar. I think it's spelling. Is uh, I think is what we're no, talking that's about. That's grammar. Drinking is not. Uh, no, it like I'm is sure you can grammar? spell drinking, but it's not. It, it grammatically <laughs> doesn't work. Please continue. We are on a tangent. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Okay, I'm cracking up. Uh, so I, as you were. So please. I've drink. I've drinking wine before. Drank. <laughs> Drank. <laughs> and so. Oh my gosh. And so I tried. So they like put the whole. They put, I'm literally about to die laughing. They put the whole. Um, like I put a little bit of, of gin and then I poured the tonic water and like put some ice and put some lemon in there. And it's actually really good. It's the first like first be- the alcoholic beverage. And I'm like, wow, this is actually okay. I barely drank any of it. Though. I mean, it was very, very tiny amount. Um, so don't worry. I did not get drunk. I did not get buzzed or anything. It was just a tiny, little bitty uh, bit of drink that I drank in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so can, yeah. I, can, I, can I share my anti-mustard now? There's Absolutely. So that I want to discuss ahead. about your anti-mustard later. Okay. Uh, Maybe we can mine, just talk about Catholic drinking. No. We, are, <laughs> we have no experience there, and yours does not count. No, we are not talking about that. I've got a diverse experience. No, you should not. That's the point. Okay, moving on. My anti-mustard. Recently, we were helping um, 
up in Flagstaff, we were helping a married Ukrainian uh, Catholic priest move up to Flagstaff. So it's pretty cool because he celebrates the traditional Byzantine Ukrainian rite. So icons and music and chant and everything. It's really, really cool. Uh, but we're helping him move up to Flagstaff right now. So it's super duper awesome. He'll be celebrating the Ukrainian rite up here at one of the at one of the churches. I think it might be Our Lady Guadalupe or something. But he's up here and we helped him move in a couple days ago. And after we finished helping him move in, he was like, hey, let's go get something to eat. You know, like I want to pay for you guys to get lunch or whatever. And so we went downtown uh, to a place called Diablo Burger. And so we were all making Ooh. jokes like, oh, yes, we will either receive we will either received, uh, be received. Gosh, now I can't grammar. We will either be received with fire and smoke or it will disintegrate on site because a Catholic priest is walking in here. <laughs> um, uh, so they kept, he kept joking about that and it was kind of funny. But then we got our food. It was all very good. But before we ate the food, we were prepared to just, you know, bless the food as normal with the bless the Lord prayer. But Ukrainians do it a little bit differently. It was really pretty cool. Oh, so we boy. all stood up and we sang the Our Father. <laughs> Um, and then we, he like said a really beautiful prayer, just kind of like thanking God for the food, thanking him for blessings, praying for us, praying for all the people around us in the restaurant. Um, and then, you know, and then blessing the food. And then we all sat down. It took like maybe like two or three minutes. It was really pretty cool. Um, but it was just a sight to see. And it was really, really powerful to just kind of be singing the Our Father in the middle of a restaurant. That is <laughs> actually up around so our cool. Table and our food. It was really, really cool. Um, and then that just led to great conversation afterward, but it was just a really cool experience to get to do that and to have that witness and to be able to kind of intercede for all of the people around us, especially that really caught me off guard. Like, like, we're just praying for everyone here, like everyone within eyesight, they're just being offered up in this prayer right now uh, as we bless our food. So was, was everybody cool. like staring at you guys or like, what was, uh... I couldn't tell. I was super like, I was nervous when he said this. I was like, wait, like, what? <laughs> Hang on, what? Hang on, I, my burger's here. My food is is here. Okay, we're gonna stand up and sing now. Okay, Zach's like I don't. So like I attention. was somewhat like self conscious. So like for the first half, I was just kind of like head bowed, eyes closed, hands folded. Like I will not make eye contact with anyone else <laughs> within the immediate vicinity. Like me and God and the food. That's all it is right now. <laughs> me okay? and God and the um, food. Uh, but no, then afterward, I was like, okay, hang on. There's six of us doing this. Like I'm just gonna kind of soak it in and just accept it. And just try to be as joyful as possible. So that's what happened. But it was a really that's cool experience. such a cool experience, though. Yeah, like getting to, to, you know, be a witness like that and you know, sing out in the middle of, in public is so cool. Yeah, it was awesome. But anyways, um, as you as we have already now shared, and as our anti mustards might suggest, this episode is about food. Partly because we're hungry and we didn't eat breakfast, and partly because we were talking about coffee and that whole Pope blessing coffee thing. Exactly. And, it's uh, also about drinking. Yeah, it's just everything related to food and drink. That That's this episode. We have like three exactly. subtopics we're covering today. Um, and the first one that we would love to share, I already kind of shared it with Anthony, uh, the seven most Catholic foods. I'm so ever. excited about this. Do you want me to just share them and you can try to guess why they're Catholic? Do you want to try to I would to do love that? to. I mean, yes, okay. I, I've already got a general idea, but, you know, we'll see. Okay, sweet. Let me pull it up again. Catholic food. Boom. And here we go. Seven most Catholic foods in the world. Here we go. We'll do. We'll work from the ones that I think are the most obvious, kind of, to the ones that are not quite so obvious. <clears throat> Number one, the Eucharist. Duh. Anthony, why is that a Catholic food? Well, you know what? I would think because it's the source and summit of our faith, and that, um, you know, Christ instituted it to to carry on His sacrifice in the church. Uh, I, I mean, that, that's that's just a wild guess. 
Sure thing. Like it's only, you know, manna from heaven, beyond all imagination, wonder and knowledge, the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord exactly. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. 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 Unites us to just him. Just kind of Catholic. Yeah. Greatest affirmation yeah. you could give to us in any in any respect. Yeah, just that. Cool, cool. Okay. So that one, I feel like that one's pretty obvious, you know? Yeah. You know, yeah. just kind of, yeah. Okay, sweet. The Eucharist, obviously a Catholic food. Um, fish. Fish. I mean, I could say the apostles were fishermen. Uh, they, they, they. They were fishers of men. Also, feeding of the 5,000. You got that as well. Also, Jesus making breakfast for the uh, apostles, which is a really funny... Uh, I, I, you're the one who, is, who described it like that to me, of Jesus making breakfast for the apostles, and made me, it made me laugh. I was like, no, I like that Bible story. It's pretty funny. Nice. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's just so deep on so many levels. But yes, you hit it on the head. Uh, you hit the fish on the head. Uh, it's just very symbolic, very Catholic in, and biblical. Um, okay. We've got pretzels. Anthony, why are pretzels considered a Catholic food? Uh, okay. This I, one's a bit tricky. I remember you had given me the answer, and I forgot what it was. And I'm trying to think. Is it because, like... Specifically this, specifically this pretzel, like this style of pretzel. Like, like a the big, twisted like, up pretzel. Yeah, like a, like a giant twisted pretzel. Is it because... Oh, like, <laughs> this is going to sound really weird. Because it's like... Baby Jesus was wrapped in swaddling clothes, and it's like a wrapped-up pretzel. Uh, or it could actually quite. look like the cross, where it's like Jesus' arms are stretched out. If you flip it upside down, it could uh, also be a, a uh, heart. Uh, I mean, I guess <laughs> you, could, you could. I think. I think heart was the closest. That's none. None of those answers were very well. Yeah, n- that was not the correct answer. Heart could be pushed for an answer because it is in the shape of a heart. But uh, no, oh. it's actually yes. Never mind, that was a dumb... I, I, I had a dumb guess. Continue. Okay. Cool, cool. So it's actually shaped to represent praying hands or hands crossed over the chest like you're going up to receive a blessing at communion. Oh, okay. Interesting. Doesn't look like praying hands. It's I would simple say reminder. crossed over your chest. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it says it's a simple reminder to pray and give thanks in all things great and small, especially for this, the food that sustains us. So was that there actually you know. why um, it was designed like that or was it just like, how, you know, us yes, Catholics are kind of I, making it up? Okay. This is not a very lengthy article, so go do some research on your own if you want to learn more. But these are foods that likely have Catholic origins. Some of them ah. are, are well-documented. Some of them are more it's, it's traditional sort of thing. Um, for instance, the next one is pretty clear. Uh, this one is, is grounded in fact. Uh, beer. Beer well, is a Catholic beverage. I, I mean, I know that a lot of, you know, early saints and stuff drank beer, but I don't know exactly, like, why, why it would be... Like what? Grounded what? in fact we're talking about. Oh, Am I forgetting Catholic something? Catholic monks were the ones who first brewed beer. Like They no were the way. ones who created beer. Catholic monks, yeah. St. Albert is the patron saint of beer. Interesting. Oh my gosh. I did not know That's that. That's why it's... So they yeah. came up with the whole fermenting process and all that? Yep. Catholic monks. Huh. They okay. were the ones. Good to know. So let me the just tell you know. the Catholic, Catholic monks, you guys did not do a good job. That's n- it's not a very good beverage. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could have done Maybe better. If you could wait until you were 21, then you might be able to enjoy it properly. It's gross anyways, in either sad. way. Okay. Uh, candy canes. <laughs> Anthony, I told you about this one. There's now, this three one, good reasons why this is Catholic. This one definitely sounds like it's someone, like some crazed person on Christmas made it up. But, um, yeah, like someone's like, ah, I know what it sounds like or what it looks like. So apparently it represents a shepherd's staff. Uh, but also, if yes. you turn it upside down, um, Jesus. It's a J and also, Jesus. Yep. 
Dave Jesus, yeah. Um, and then also the, the red and white represent uh, like the blood and water coming out of Jesus' side. But question, you have a bunch of different other candy cane flavors of like these you know, yellow, red, and blue ones and like all these other ones. Like, are we talking about, you know, did we, did we put like... It, did Jesus pagans, blood I tell get you. Paint or like pagans? Are, are we talking about like a, like a blue-blooded alien or like what's... No. I'm just confused. It's the world taking a Catholic concept and paganizing it. I just told you. Freaking pagans. <laughs> you know, I think we should probably be a little bit more loving to them. Maybe like... My no. Darn, darn burn the pagans. heretics. We love you, though. <laughs> we will, you're we good. We will lovingly burn the heretics. I... You... Well... Okay. We can, you know what? You do that. Yoku says. Yoku says. <laughs> I will it's try. You know what? Hopefully Father Paul is not listening to this one. Oh, yeah. They'll get a good laugh out of it. Okay. So we got, we got that. Again, origins unknown for the candy cane. So we will claim it to be Catholic. That was a bit interesting. Um, what was that other, like polyopur one that you said? Oh, there's, there's two more. There's two, well, so we'll give an honorable mention to coffee because obviously Catholic, duh. Obviously, um, but then there's Zachary two more, so. both of, I believe, Polish origin. So we're going back to my roots here. Um, okay, sausage? so what? Are you, why are your roots? Are you Polish? I'm like Slavic Polish. I'm like a mix. I can see it. And then my mom's part Irish as well, so it's like we're just kind of all over. I could see. But I, I will claim whatever country suits me at the time. In this case, <laughs> it's Poland. You've got some Slavic in, Slavic in, in you. Yes, indeed. Well, Zazik or Zazik, as it would be in, in more traditional Slav in more traditional Slavic, is Slavic. Um, okay, pierogi. Oh Anthony, right, that one. Do you know I what a pierogi is? I have absolutely no idea what that is. It sounds like a tamale. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, I'm Mexican, okay, so that's what I know. Huh, okay. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to figure out, like, what's the best way to describe it? It's like a little... It's almost like a fancy Hot Pocket. <laughs> fancy okay. Hot Pocket. So, it's just like a little pocket of, like, cheese and goodness, and sometimes some veggies are in there, some spices sort of thing. So, it's just like a little pocket of hot goodness. Like a Hot Pocket, but fancy. Interesting. Okay. Both, it's very traditional. Both you it's and Polish. your brother are terrible at describing things. Because I just well, got I don't know how to describe spices and vegetables. I don't know what spices are in there. Dude, it's even impossible to spell pierogi. It's spelled P-I-E-R-O-G-I. Pierogi. Yeah, let, me, let me look this up. Pierogi. It's like me describing pizza. It's like, you know what? There's some meat on there, and there's some cheesy goodness. And, you know, there's a sauce. Yeah. yeah how do you, how mean, do you spell it? Yeah. It's tasty. Look it up. P-I-E-R-O-G-I. Pierogi. Pierogi. I'm just going to look up a picture of it and see. Noun. What was the last? Oh, okay, okay. So like little dumplings. It's very, very tasty. Yes, there you go. Like yeah. A dumpling or a hot pocket. It's like super fancy. A hot but pocket. Yeah, that one. Yeah. What's that the last one? one? Let's see. Uh, the last one. I'm going to butcher this name here. Papieska Kremovka. Papieska Kremovka. And I'm just going to take a wild guess. Was that Pope John Paul II's favorite dessert? Hey, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> give the man a prize. Papal Thank cream you. cake Thank is a sweet puff pastry filled with cream, and it happens to be JP2's favorite dessert. Interesting. He once organized a cream cake eating competition with his friends <laughs> to celebrate from graduating high school. No way. See, popes so can be crazy, go. too. Oh, yeah. 
So JP2 liked um, cake. You can too. Exactly. Let them eat cake. Anyways. Let them eat cake. So on the topic of, of eating and everything, and it sounds like already if there's seven Catholic foods that – Well, there's seven foods oh, there's that are more than very seven. That was just like the list of – Well, yeah, I know that. But like if, if they're going to even make an article on the seven Catholic foods, um, I wonder if they, sh- if they correspond to a gift of the Holy Spirit. That would be really funny. Um, oh. Yeah. Like which, really interesting. Which one is the gift of the – yeah, that would be really funny. But anyways, or seven sacraments, um, is it sounds like Catholic, or eating is a very Catholic thing. Uh, but also a very, well, I don't want to say cultural thing, but, you know, um, bonding. Thing. Yeah. We, we, yeah, were, yeah, yeah. we were talking about this earlier. Definitely. Would you like me to break it open a little bit? Absolutely, because I forgot it. Cool. So food, as I was kind of explaining, I mean, it's, I was explaining a little bit earlier, it's very central to our Catholic faith, obviously, because we receive the Eucharist every Mass. Um, every Sunday and even during the week, we attend the Divine Wedding Feast. We are invited to the table of the Lamb, um, and we consume the body and blood of Christ. We feast on the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. So food is kind of important to Catholics. Um, And it used to be that it was very much the case in culture as well. Culture used to be, you know, kind of formed around food. Um, It was very important to, you know, have regular meals. It was very important to, that was like your community, that was like your time for communion. Um, you know, gathering with family and friends, you know, very intentional about the way you, you ate your food, about the food you ate. Um, but we were noticing, we were kind of commenting that in Western civilization now, the concept of a meal is very much diminished. Like it's kind of like, a, oh, I, you know, I've got time this morning, I guess I'll eat breakfast. Like, oh, I'll, I'll pick up dinner on my way home from work or that sort of thing. Like it's, it's a passing thought. It's not central to our, to the way we spend our time. And I think, I think it's very new too. That, that, that type of mindset, um, because like if you think earlier, it's like, you know, the, ho- the wife was at the house who like would cook the meal for the husband who came home and like it'd be like the family meal and everything. Like, I think it's a new it's kind of concept that's coming up. Wait, oh, oh, like the, the like consumerism sort of thing, just like in passing. That's yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like in passing. Like, it's, yeah, in uh, recent like we're, history. We're, we're changing from, a, from an older idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, I mean. Like, for instance, like my, like, um, a tradition that my family has, like every Sunday, every Sunday night, we would always go to my, or we always do, I don't always go anymore because I'm in Flagstaff, um, but going to my grandparents every Sunday. Um, and so everyone from that side of the family would gather there for dinner. And that was just, that was tradition sort of thing. Um, and so you see that time of communion, that time of, uh, familial love and that time of just sharing a meal together, being intentional about that meal, um, and eating good food too. Like it used to be like, I mean, I think, I think France is like the stereotypical, like place for good cuisine. Like that's where you go for fancy food. Um, but that's how I feel like that's how it should be. Like just in general, um, not necessarily like to the point where it's a five course meal every time you sit down to eat something, but there should be some intention to the way you prepare the meal. Um, you know, we talk about how you're supposed to sanctify your daily life, sanctify the little things that you do. Um, by offering them to the Lord. And so that can be done in the preparation of the meal. Um, that's even done in eating, you know, like if you're offering up this meal to the Lord, you want to be offering up something good. You don't want to be offering up a Big Mac. Like yeah. <laughs> not that that's a bad thing in all circumstances, but you want to make, you want to make it good, you know, like yeah. it should be nourishing for nourishing to the body, but it also should nourish the spirit. Like it should be good. It should lift your mind and your heart to the Lord. 
you know, you should be elevated by the things you eat. I also want to bring in, you know, too, a couple things actually on, on, on your, your topic there is like one is, you know, when we eat, especially when we pray the bless, bless us, O Lord prayer, we kind of pass over where it's like, where we, where we thank God for the food that, that he gave us, like in, in our meal that we're eating as we're, you know, as we're nourishing our bodies and stuff, like it's always a reminder that one, the Lord has taken care of us, that he's got us, you know, he provided all, all this food for us as we're you know, eating in community. But also on a more like scientific note is eating is like the most vulnerable thing um, for anybody to do. Like it's when you're in your most vulnerable position because um, like, you know, I'd watch a lot of things like when, like when the lion makes their kill or something, they eat really fast because they're, they're vulnerable because, you know, their head's down, they're, they're not pinned, like they can be attacked really easily. Um, and so okay. it's kind of like when you share a meal with, with other people, you are also kind of sharing in your most vulnerable time type of thing. I, mean, I guess sleeping is more, oh. more vulnerable, but like, but yeah. you know, you are you're opening yourself up to to a re- relationships with other people, um, in that sense. And it's also true. yeah. I th- I f- when we were talking about, it, I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. And you know, it's whenever it, even though it's kind of coming out in Western civilization, it still is like in the back of everyone's minds. I can tell because like when someone goes to hang out with someone, it's like, hey, let's go get lunch, or hey, let's go get. Um, coffee or whatever like it's it's always the way that we go and bond with outside friends it's just not a as a common thing anymore it's like oh let's go out and 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 you know get food right yeah it's no longer intentional like it's it's still there like we still like form like we still form relationships and we form those connections over food but the food is an afterthought yeah um which i think is okay in some circumstances like in some instances you need to be fast and you need to go to the drive-thru and get food um, but like, I'll bring up the instance, like when we, when we hung out the one time, I came over to your house and we were talking about going to get food, but you were like, no, nah, let's just, let's just make enchiladas. Like, let's just go yeah. make food. Yeah. And it was so much more fun. I felt like it was so much more life-giving to be able to prepare the meal, to be able to share that, that preparation. Yeah. Um, and then also share the meal that we created together. Like that's mm-hmm. pretty, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm glad you and I think that that's something, I think, I feel like I, I almost wish, and I would love to do this more with my family, like be able to share in the preparation of the meal as well as eating the meal together. Cause yeah. I think there's a lot that comes from that as well. Like there's just all aspects of it, you know, preparing the meal, eating the meal, and then like cleaning up after the meal. There's just so many opportunities for dialogue, for relationship, for growth. Um, and for offering that to the Lord that, that can come from that. And I think we forget that. Like we, we rush through it. It's too, it's too quick. I agree. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like where you want to just like, that's the, that's, you know, your time to, to rest in the day and to to take that time to bond and it should be a more common thing to you know eat with your your especially your family eat with your eating with your family um and like having that that common thing and so you know we've been talking about you know how eating should be more should be more of a intentional thing like we are we're eating with others and it's intentional in the sense of like not gluttony where it's like we should just eat but it's like it's it's a bonding experience. We're accepting and, and thanking. It's good food too. It's good food, uh, and we're accepting and thanking the gifts from God. Um, but then it also goes to the topic of you know, where does fasting come in? Because the Lord calls us to fast um, every time. So if it's good to eat and if it's good to fast, there's and it's good to have the, those bonding or the bonding time of eating. It's also good to make the sacrifice um, with fasting. You know, where is that that balance type of thing? Because I know a lot of some a lot of people. Um, 
like I've, I've heard with, you know, with their, their fasting things, like, okay, I'm not going to eat for like three days. Um, and like, like anything like I'm, I've had people do it. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I would die. Like I just, no way I'd be able to do that. Um, but then there's other people like, or just really like cannot fast. Like I'm somebody who has a really hard time fasting. Um, and w- so like, where's the balance in that type of thing? Right. And what's interesting is like you, ha- you like, there's definitely like the extremes. Like you get St. Catherine of Siena who lived on the Eucharist and water. That was it. Yeah. That was all she ate, you know? And she was just fine. But if we tried to do that, we would die. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like there's like, we are not, we, we would physically in a die. place where we can do that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there is a balance. I think like what's the balance between feasting and fasting sort of thing. Um, and fasting can take many forms, obviously not just food, but in this context, we're talking about when it comes to meals and stuff like that. Um, there is, when I was in, when I was at the Nazareth house last semester, I think it might've been our first semester actually. Um, we had someone come in who talked about this, um, specifically relating to meals. I think it was, uh, this guy, he typically skipped breakfast. Um, and, he found that it was healthier for his diet and it brought him closer to the Lord. Cause then those like small, like moments of hunger, he could then offer that to the Lord. Um, cause then that, that like intermittent fasting, um, is a part of dieting. I think there's, there are some aspects to that that do help you physically, um, to kind of to lose weight or to maintain energy, things like that, where you are spacing out your meals intentionally throughout the day and you're monitoring what you eat and that kind of thing, obviously. Um, but for this guy, it was specifically, like, I don't eat breakfast. I eat an earlier lunch, and I eat a slightly earlier dinner. So instead of eating at, like, 8, noon, and 5, he ate at, like, 10, 30, and 5 sort of thing. Or, like, 10, 30, and 4, 30 sort of thing. Where he split yeah. up, so he just had two major meals throughout the day, maybe a snack or something. But he found that he was able to then offer up any hunger that he experienced, and it also was healthier for him. Um, so I found that fascinating and I was like, oh, that's really interesting. I couldn't do it obviously. Cause I'm still growing. My body needs more nourishment. Like I just yeah. need food. Um, and so that's, that's where the discernment comes in. Cause you have to then discern what am I going to give up? Is it going to a lead me closer to the Lord? Like, why am I doing this? Is it really for the sake of getting closer to the Lord? Um, or is it for the sake of sacrificing just because, because I think that will make me holier. Um, that's kind of one aspect. And then the other one is, is it going to be healthy physically? Am I in a place where I can give up, you know, a meal during the day? Maybe it's something a little bit less. Maybe it's like, I'm going to give up a snack during the day, or I'm going to choose to not drink three espressos. And instead I will only drink one sort of thing. Um, <laughs> I can hear all of the noises in the background there. It's really funny. It sounds like someone's getting murdered. <laughs> <clears throat> They're preparing the meal. The, um, yeah. You're, oh wow! Jeez! Whoa! That was that was dark. We are not cannibals, I promise. He's yeah. just he's but, cooking something. We don't know what it is. It's just very loud. Um, yeah. I lost my train of thought. But yeah, it's that's that's discernment again. Yeah. Like, hey, I, look, the plug for discernment, but it come it's in all aspects of life. Exactly. I wa- like I wanted to bring in too. Like you said, you know, are we are we fasting? You know, to make that sacrifice where, you know, what. What is our what is the purpose of our sacrifice? Like, is it just like you know, to to sacrifice just just to you know, like just just like be that cool person who can sacrifice and and <laughs> there's so much there's so <laughs> you guys could probably hear I don't know what's happening over there. But like we gotta wrap this up. Oh we'll wrap gosh. it up real quick here. Yeah. So basically, <laughs> as my, you were saying, my thoughts here is. 
Um, like, what is our sacrifice for? Is it for ourselves or is it for God? And love always comes with sacrifice. So if we're sacrificing out of the love, out of love and, to, you know, to thank God and to, you know, sacrifice for him um, as, you know, as he sacrificed for us, you know, to give something back to him. Great. That's like, that's fantastic. And so you have to, like Zach said, discern, you know, where you're at um, health-wise and needing nutrition-wise because we, it's also good for us to take care of our bodies. Our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit and the Lord wants us to take care of them. So we got to take care of them um, and, you know, take care of his creation. So it's a, it's a unique situation for every single person, but it should, eating and also fasting should be something that is commonly done. There's just a balance for each type of person. And, you know, everyone yeah. knows that you, you, you find out through prayer and you can tell, um, you know, as it, you know, your body what, will what tell your you. body's telling you. Yeah, your body will tell you. And you can tell with how you're feeling. You don't want to kill yourself trying to, you know, fast, this, do this awesome fasting. But you also don't want to eat more than what your body needs um, for nourishment. True. So it's a balance. There's also a sense of, like, there should be some feasting as well. Like, don't be, like, on Sundays, like, that's the Holy Day of the Lord. Like, have something extra. Have dessert that day. Yeah. Like, have, like you should celebrate those things, but just don't go overboard sort of thing. Moderation. That's, that's the key word here. Exactly. Um, we're finding cool, cool. out on this journey uh, that there's discernment in everything that we're doing. What? Newsflash. No way. Um, cool, cool. Uh, two challenges, I think, for the peeps today and for us. Number one, uh, pray about maybe there. Hang on. There were two distinct challenges. I'm just going to kind of say now uh, or speak. Let's see. We've got number one, pray about how you can fast. Pray about because it is good um, to fast and to offer that to the Lord. Pray about that. Figure out if there's a way you can do that in your life. And uh, also, I challenge you to expand your palate. Like, be open oh. to trying new foods. I When I went into seminary, I ate basically peanut butter and jelly and spaghetti. <laughs> like, that was my palate. <laughs> I ate basically nothing else. My, and spaghetti. More than, more than spaghetti. I'm exaggerating. But I had a very limited uh, palate when it came to eating food. And so being forced to, A, cook and eat other people's cooking um, – <laughs> definitely expanded my palate and i learned that i enjoy actually a lot of different kinds of food yeah. and a lot of it was very good food so i challenge you to just kind of be open to trying new foods and look for foods that are go are uplifting you know as all things it should lift your heart and your mind to the lord so it's really quite good food it's quite fun to you know try new foods and everything like when when you go to a restaurant like in a, a, a genuine italian restaurant order the italian food and not the burger exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. order cool. their specialty and now That's I'm hungry. Challenge. Thank you for that, Anthony. Well, you know what? You're going to go to Mass, and then you can have lunch afterwards. This is true. I will go be nourished spiritually and then physically. That'll Brilliant. be great. Fabulous. Prayer intentions okay. for uh, Prayer intentions. Um, for our mutual friend's grandfather. You know who I'm talking about. Yes. There have been and the uh, person, numerous actually, prayer requests for that. I do not know which person is because that person, I don't have their number in, in my phone, so I don't know who it is. So that person. Oh, gotcha. But I know it's a person. Um, you do know this person yes brilliant and then yes. i would also say oof, you know for um for everyone who has lost their job and who is going through tough times and emotional times and everything that uh, and, and tough times in relationships for for all those people cool cool sweet awesome brilliant well dude we love you all go and eat a meal um and you know be with your family and summertime. drink coffee and drink coffee. Yes. If you like it. But it don't don't drink too much caffeine. Yes, this is true. Moderation. Exactly. Okay. If you guys want to know Alrighty. how caffeine works, though, I'd love to tell you. Anyways, we love you all. <laughs> Peace out. Peace out. <laughs> and God bless the plumber.